and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got big nasty. Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your golf insiders on ESPN 1080. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Your host, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. And hey, 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 Webb Simpson. Webb's a man. Webb, winner of the U.S. Open on Sunday, Rich B. You know, that just goes to show you, you can be sitting in the clubhouse and still be a winner. It is all about getting into the clubhouse with the low score. Correctly signed scorecard, and uh, there will be no issues at that point. The only issue is, can Posting Jim Furyk... Posting the score. He yeah, posted the score. Can Jim Furyk get it in the clubhouse uh, quick enough? Not so much. You think he's calling uh, calling his sports psychologist? I'll tell you what, he's got to lay off the five. I have never energy. even seen you duck hook it that badly, Rich Bay, as uh, he did on 16. Lay off the five-hour energy drink. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. He kind of torqued that right uh, almost into the ocean. But. Uh, those are good, the five-hour energies, but I don't know how they work on the golf course. But let's not forget, the day after the majors with uh, Tuck and O'Neill. Yeah, where's where's the bacon? Where's you know the moolah? Uh, uh, we're still where's, out there. Where's we're my, still trying to finish. Where's my dinner ticket? It was where's a my date? Great, great showing by the uh, Tuck and O'Neill team. Uh, shot seventy two, in uh, at their own tournament. These guys are getting better all the time. This is uh, this is starting to. Well, work. I would hope some of those lessons would pay off. <laughs> you know, I, I know get, uh, you know Jerry's been listening to subliminal tapes. You know, he's really getting all heady about this. You know, he is, and he's kind of pink today. He got, got a little too much sun out there. Uh, and it was a great time. Uh, All right, so Creek, fast Shingle up, Creek. Rich B. What did you shoot? We shot 68, and uh, it was Mike and I. Respectable. Played with Kay and Ray, and they shot 68, you know, husband Ooh. and wife team. And, uh, Fun. We were struggling all day to keep up with them. We did not want to get beat by Kay and Ray. So uh, that was Mike and I from Hunter's Creek, and uh, we had a great time as usual. The buffet after is always great, and Jerry's still trying to give away Dwight Howard CDs. Is he? He's got. He must have a, a garage. Come on, Jerry. Things. Really? really? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, call Holly G. I'm in the business. I can come up with some good swag for you, Jerry. Yeah, Are you listening? Uh, come on. Yeah, the swag. Uh, yeah, they come need. Come on, the they CDs. I'm telling you. I mean, like, well, you know, they give away old dirty socks sometimes. I think from these magic players. And, What's and up the, with that? The weather band radios. Uh, yeah, yeah, the weather <laughs> that, that you fought that guy for, Rich B. Last year. I, I mean, I still can't get over that. But hey, we've got some clips from the tournament. It was uh, an exciting finish. Uh, Olympic did not disappoint, uh, nor did the drama on Sunday. No wait, nor did Johnny Miller's commentary. Johnny, always telling it like it is. Yeah, he's pretty. Uh, he's got plenty to say. Doesn't well, he? we're gonna cue it up right now. As your leader in the clubhouse, twenty-six-year-old Webb Simpson with a clutch up and down at the seventy-second hole. That was quite the first shot. 
I'm impressed with that. And he's going to find out in a minute that he probably is the leader. Unless Jurek gets it up and in. Well, that made him plus one. Um, and I don't think Furyk was even close to getting it up and in. As we know, he put it in the bunker and uh, hit a scary shot on his second shot there, Rich B. And you, you just can't get over the fact that he might have shanked that. I th- I, it you know looked and, awful close to a shank. And you and the you shanks. know that I have fought that. <laughs> that kind of visualization is not good for Holly G. That oh, brought back all kinds of bad shank memories. You. Shank you very much, Holly. But, um, yeah, it was uh, um, very, very uh, atypical of Jim Furyk. Uh, the whole, the last three holes, especially after that amazing putt on 12, sank like a 30-footer. I, I thought he was tough as nails and he was just going to, you know, bring it in the house. It's like they're claustrophobic on that golf course. I don't know what it is, but everybody kind of got the jitters. I mean, even Tiger Woods started to cramp up and, you know, crap out there, uh, you know, with uh, – uh, 27 holes to go. You know, like, from, what was that, Saturday afternoon he started to get weak. Well, we've got another clip. Let's let's hear it. This to keep his hopes alive for a second U.S. Open title in three years. And Webb Simpson is the 2012 <laughs> United States Open champion. That was Graham McDowell, who had a chance to tie it up, uh, but never looked like he had it lined up. Right from the get-go, I mean, it, you know, just looked like he lined it up left, hit it left. I was a little surprised, was hoping you know, there the, might be a playoff. But you know what? Are you a fan of the playoff the next day, the whole 18 holes? Or well, would you rather just, have it just, settled uh, out? More golf uh, the next day. Uh, I, I, put, I wanted to see somebody win it. Um, you know what? I'm a fan of that. I like that 18-hole playoff the next day. It's a tradition that's uh, been going on for quite a long time. But... No playoff this year. Uh, Graham McDowell, you know, I, I don't know what it was. So uh, made those greens so hard to putt. Well, let's uh, hear the next clip. The Webb Simpson Burst. closing the deal. Burst of three straight birdies and four in a five-hole stretch turned it around for you today. Yeah, that was kind of the difference. I got off to a slow start, but I knew that I'm... I, I, I knew... Always something to spice matters up. The state bird of Alcatraz showed up there on the 18th green, Rich B. Uh, that, that was quite a moment. You gotta like this guy with a knit hat with the ear flaps, uh, you know, just crowing like a, some kind of sick bird. Yeah, it's not like a sand hill crane. Um, the, California's full of those guys. Well, let's, uh, let's see what Webb Simpson had to say. About I his knew win. that there were some birdie holes on the back and I just had to, you know, stay patient and luckily the birdies came. The birdies came. Not that bird that came out yeah, on 18, the, the, the but crazy bird. the real birds. Yeah. Um, and, and just a, just an unbelievable finish, um, all the way around. So we're going to check in with our main man, uh, Todd Lewis in a few minutes. But, um, Rich B, we had all kinds of excitement with our, uh, with our golf insiders last week picking, uh, who we thought the winners were going to be. But there was a whole bunch of guys. We never even mention, as we talk about every week, it always seems like there's some new players that come to the top. And how about this Bo Hostler, the 17-year-old amateur? You know, that just goes to show you, Holly, uh, even you can beat me on uh, a given day. 17 and, years old? Hey, I'd this, like to have seen you at 17. No, 17. Full of braces, Rich B. I didn't have a clue. Trying to get yourself around the U.S. Open. Come no, on. And uh, for this kid, you know, to 
shine at that particular moment. Uh, all the stars and planets were lined up, I would say, and uh, this guy had a great week, and he'll remember that forever. Well, I'll tell you, um, it, it was a little unfortunate, I think, given how well he played, uh, that he didn't end up being the low amateur. I think uh, he had a little trouble getting it in the house at the end, and, you know, certainly with all the pressure, you, it was understandable. But perhaps uh, maybe shifting gears and putting his sights on winning the tournament versus, um, you know, making sure he was the low am. But we have uh, our main man from the Golf Channel, Todd Lewis, who was out there all week giving us great coverage. We'll get his thoughts. Hey, Todd. Yes, how are you? We're doing great. Um I know uh, you, you're over at the Travelers now, so you've uh, probably got a little bit of jet lag going on. Yeah, you know, uh, it was uh, – I actually got a chance to play. I luckily got picked by um, the USGA and their media lottery, and I got to play Olympic on Monday. Listen uh, to you. Yeah, so, uh, you know what? That sounds cool until you're out there fighting that beast. <laughs> oh, do tell. Uh, but it was interesting – you know, it's interesting when you play it. I, I I was lucky enough. I got picked in the media lottery too. I definitely don't. I can't just walk on these golf courses at the Masters a couple of years ago as well. And I was trying to compare playing at Olympic the Monday after the U.S. Open as opposed to playing uh, Augusta National the Monday after the Masters. Now I played Sunday pins and Sunday tees yesterday, and I can just tell you when you hit it in the rough there. It's like hitting it in a hazard. You're going to lose a shot, generally. At least if, in my level, I am. I'm about a seven handicap. So, and, and half the time, the professionals are going to do so as well. Um, and if you do it early in the round, like I did <laughs> in the first couple of holes, those fairways shrink tremendously. So it is a total mental game. And when you're trying to hit a dog leg or a hole, rather, that's a dog leg right and, and this, the fairway slopes to the left, I mean, it is a defensive golf course. You really do have to play defensively there in a USGA setup much more than you do as opposed to Augusta National. It's quite interesting. Well, no doubt the golf course shined, uh, and as the USGA um, stated, it was their goal to have the players have to use every club in the bag, and I think what you're saying is indicative of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't do one thing well to cover up your mistakes in the rest of your game. Like, you can't just scramble well that week and still win the event, or you can't just hit fairways and still win the event. you got to be able to mix mix all of your game together. you got to be at the top of every level, whether it's driving, hitting green, scrambling, putting, uh, and you got to curve the ball several ways. Um, I mean, it was a good perspective to understand exactly what these guys have to go through from a USGA perspective. Well, no doubt Webb Simpson knew what he had to do, especially on 18, that very tricky chip. But uh, I think, you know, he, he knew it was all about getting in the clubhouse and posting the low score uh, and maybe without even knowing what was going on behind him. And uh, give, give me your thoughts on, on uh, you know, he, he, he did the job even though, uh, you know, the rest of the field kind of fell apart behind him. They really did it on Saturday. You, uh, if you look at it, I think he shot 72-73 in the first two days, or maybe it was 73-72, and at that point he was five over, and he was still, in his mind, very much in this tournament. I talked to him Saturday morning prior to his third round. He said, you know, I go out there and shoot something 69, maybe 68, and I'm in the mix, and that's the case. He shot 68 on Saturday, and then he came back with a 68 on Sunday, and that's, that's remarkable to go 68-68 on the weekend under those conditions. I mean, 
getting back to what we originally were talking about, if you remember last year at the Masters when everybody, you know, who had the lead, you know, somebody here had the lead, then somebody else had the lead. It was, you know, it was a birdie fest, and eventually Charles Schwartz won. Well, it was kind of like that Sunday at Olympic, but in reverse. You know, people were bogeying here, bogeying there, losing the lead, and so on. Exactly. Uh, because, because of the U.S. Open setup. Webb, let me just say something about Webb. If you look at his win, uh, since August of last year, he won a regular PGA Tour event. It was his first one. You get that, whew, okay, breathe easily now. I'm kind of living up to my own expectations and maybe the expectations of, the, of others. Then in the fall, he wins a playoff event. Now he's won a major championship. His victories have been graduating up each time. And he has built confidence. He's, he's got a wonderful mentality. His heart rate is generally at around 50 all the time. doesn't get too excited. Um, and I, I think he's got a wonderful head on his shoulders. And Paul Tesori, his caddy, started working with him a few years ago. He's also his swing coach. And they work so beautifully together. I mean, Webb, Webb is, is an American star. He, I mean, this is not a big surprise. I mean, he was 14th in the official world golf rankings, I believe, heading into the U.S. Open, definitely top 20. So this is not a shock. I mean, if you look at American golf right now, Webb Simpson, Bubba Watson, Keegan Bradley, the last three major champions, I think the boys in Europe may be sweating it a bit at the Ryder Cup. I would totally agree. And as we say, you know, week to week, uh, I mean, we, we talked about – 12 different players last week, Todd, on the show in an hour. We tried to cover the bases, and Webb Simpson was not one of them. So, you know, again, just so many storylines here. Uh, Give me your thoughts on what happened with Jim Furyk. I I mean, it was just astounding, uh, given that great putt he made on 12, and then to just see him kind of have whatever was going on there. I mean, I know the the tees had been moved up 100 yards, and that played with the the players' heads quite a bit. But uh, give us a... your, your thoughts on that and, and some of his comments afterwards. Well, I had a, an opportunity to talk to Jim um, as soon as he finished his round, and uh, the conversation was a lot about the 16th hole, and that you were watching last week is the longest, or was the longest par five in the history of the U.S. Open at 670 yards the first three days, roughly 670. The USGA decided to move the tee box all the way up 100 yards, played about 574. Um, and Jim was talking about how much he did not practice from that box. He didn't know where to hit it. Um, and, again, the benefit I had was playing Monday and seeing where Jim hit it on 16. I mean, Jim flat out duck hooked it. I mean, it was about 160 yards duck hook into the trees. I found where his ball landed. And, and looking at that, saying I've never practiced there from that tee, that's simply nerves, in my opinion. He knew he had the lead. He, felt, he actually said this to me. He said, I felt like it was my tournament to win several points in the back nine. And when you say that to yourself, you squeeze a little tighter. You're not relaxed. You're thinking ahead of yourself. And we hear this as a cliche a lot, one shot at a time. And I'm sure he was thinking, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. The fear of failing, when that gets into a player's head, especially at a major championship level, will make you do some things that, you don't normally do, and I think that's what happened to him on 16. I think he took a little offense, even though he's usually a pretty cool, cool customer, uh, with, you know, um, inferences that it had to do with the fact that he was 42. Um, I mean, I think this could happen to any player, and he's certainly a guy that's as focused and uh, a grinder as any of them. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. 
Um, but yeah, I, it, it, it could happen to young. It could happen uh, to the young tour pro. It could happen to the veteran tour pro. I mean, it could happen to Tiger. It has, it has happened to Phil. Remember what happened in 06, the wing foot. Absolutely. <laughs> when he, when he double bogeyed the final hole and missed an opportunity with a one shot lead on 18. So that's a perfect example. So it has happened to legends in the game. So, you know, and that's what happens when you've got a chance to win a major championship and you feel like you've got one hand on the trophy. So is Jim the kind of guy where, you know, he, he just, you know, brushes this off and moves on to the next major? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He did say in that interview I had with him that it's going to take him a while to get over, but then he also said, I'll be okay come Tuesday or Wednesday. So he kind of contradicted himself a little. So it, I, I'm sure Jim feels, right or wrong, that his major championship window is slipping because he is in his 40s. Um, and I'm sure this one's deep. Um, But at the same time, you can say he was in the mix. Um, he was there come Sunday. He had the lead on the back nine. So he will take some positives out of it. Now, Lee Westwood, falling prey to the cypress trees. <laughs> um, another Lee, um, but this time not so lucky. And uh, losing the ball has to go back. You think that was uh, kind of the turning point for him? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, just like Jim, he understands that his window is, is shrinking for major championships. And, and he feels more pressure because Jim obviously has one uh, winning the U.S. Open uh, a few years ago. And, and Lee is considered by many as the greatest player right now playing without a major championship. And, and he hears it all the time and actually handles it beautifully, to be honest with you. He embraces the fact that he has that infamous moniker right now. Um, but, you know, he's been in the mix over the last three or four years of major championships, and he knows he's close. Um, so, yeah, is he disappointed? Yeah, I, I don't know if a U.S. Open setup is the best setup for him, to be honest with you. I, I, I think he might play better. I think he's going to be in the mix of the Open Championship this year at Rolex in the same end. I think that golf course suits his game tee to green better. Obviously, the wind and the weather and everything is going to be in play, and that's going to be a big factor in determining a champion. But I'm sure he would love to win it uh, on his home continent if he's going to win his first major. Um, he'll take anyone he can get right now. Uh, but I think he'll be fine. He's tough as nails. You think he'd prefer to have that win be the British? Yeah, I think so. Um, for, for the reasons I just said, it's, you know, it's on his home turf. Um, it can be celebrated a lot more there if it happens. Um, so he, 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 like I said, he'll take the PGA Kiwa. He would have loved to take this one at Olympic. He would have loved. He'll, lo- he'll take any Masters any year. Uh, but I think it would mean a lot more to him if he won an Open Championship. We're talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Great coverage this week by your whole team, Todd. And uh, some final thoughts before you go, of course. Tiger seemed to have fallen off the San Andreas fault on Sunday. Um, you know, I think everybody uh, probably was hoping this might be the major for Tiger to get him uh, over the hump. Were you surprised? Yes. Yes, on both accounts. I was surprised. Um, I, I mean, I saw Tiger hitting the ball like he did at the Masters on the weekend. And, and the fact he was hitting and hoping. He really wasn't uncertain as to where the ball was going. Uh, I mean, do you Saturday, think, Todd, do you think that's ahead. mental? I mean, is there a place where Tiger is mentally that's not the same? No, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, think about it. He's 
He's changed his swing coach. He's changed his swing. He's changed his caddy. He's changed his relationship status in the last two and a half years. He's lost a lot of that swagger that he had. I mean, a lot. Now, he has regained some of it by winning at Bay Hill, which, by the way, he has won six or seven times. Won Memorial, which he's won five times. But when yeah, you get sort on of a cruise course, control on those courses for him. He, yeah, but, I mean, I'm not discounting his victory. They, I mean, they are impressive. They, um, anytime you win on the PGA Tour, absolutely, you know, it's impressive. But it, it's, it's just not consistent. It's spotty with him. And it's hard, it's hard to figure out. It is really hard to figure out if, and we in the media, I mean, across the board, not the golf channel, everybody was pretty much heading into the weekend saying, it seems like it's Tiger's tournament to lose when we found out quickly that that's simply not the case. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think he hit a couple of bad shots, and it just kind of got away from him, and uh, he kind of lost interest there almost. Yeah, you know, Tiger used to do this. This is what made Tiger so good. When he had a day like he had on Saturday when he was hitting the ball fat, he wasn't hitting it in the center, he would play poorly well. When he didn't have his best game, his A game, he would still come in with a 69 or a 70. He doesn't do that anymore. If he's hitting the ball poorly, his scorecard reflects that. He's shooting 75, 76. So that's the biggest difference for me right now. So fill us in on you're at uh, you're in Connecticut for the Travelers this week, the coverage on Golf Channel, and uh, who's your who's your pick? Oh wow! Uh, you know it's so interesting. This is going to be totally different than the U.S. Open because the U.S. Open, because of the course and Olympic and the USGA setup, was kind of like a demolition derby. Uh, <laughs> this this is kind of like Talladega and Daytona. I mean, it's the super speedway. I mean, it's a short course, well under seven uh, seven thousand yards. Guys can make lots of birdies, drivable par fours, reachable par fives, double-digit winners uh, here for sure uh, over the last you know, five or six years. So we're going to probably have that again. Now, one thing, it is hot. <laughs> I mean, hot. I mean, it is 97 degrees today here. It's going to top out at 100 tomorrow for round number one. So wow. the guys who did play Olympic, it was cool, sometimes cold, you know, moisture in the air. Here it is hot, dry, and 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 just yeah, yuck. <laughs> so they're right. gonna have to make a a temperature and climate adjustment. That uh, New England yuck. Um, yeah, some of us England, some I, of us are very familiar with that and moved out of there for that reason. <laughs> True. I don't know who's gonna win. I I, I, it, I I'm interested to see how Webb plays. Webb is playing with Bubba Watson and King of Bradley, last three major champions. I'm interested to see how Webb is gonna play, but. This one, because of the, the change in climate and obviously the change of style, of course, this one's a tough one to call. It could, you could have an unknown winner here. Um, they like a Blake Adams, who's actually been playing pretty well and was kind of in the mix heading into the weekend at the U.S. Open. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he played pretty um, well this week. Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson, right. He's been playing well. He actually finished top five here last year. So, you know, you can look at him. So it, it, this, this is going to be a fun tournament to watch. Travelers does a fantastic job. Not only do we air the first couple of rounds, but we're also going to do Golf Central here all week. I'll be hosting. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Our man. Hosting the Big Time Show. All right, Todd. Thank you so much. Thanks for your extended report tonight. We appreciate it so much. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Check him out this week. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 1080 ESPN. We'll be right back.
Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Winter Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release at impact and increase your distance with the full-release reverse grip from Field Golf. The full-release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player-like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it, and you will too. The full-release, sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers, or buy online now at FieldGolf.net. That's FieldGolf.net. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. Are you happy with your website? Do you need new business cards, brochures, or promotional materials? Then you need GMSImage.com. GMSImage.com provides creative marketing concepts and dynamic graphic design. GMSImage.com is quick and responsive and will deliver your project on time and within your budget. Visit GMSImage.com. 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 321-303-9684. 321-303-9684. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. Fairways are looking a little wet out there, Rich. Yeah, the uh, car path only, uh, 90-degree rule, and uh, yeah, definitely take it easy out there driving. Yeah, uh, leave yourself uh... a six-foot putt in front of you. <laughs> Don't be chasing yeah, the red taillights. Listening to the Let us uh, keep you relaxed and the golf insiders. Happy on the road. Taking you home on the fairways of I four. Um so uh good turnout at Shingle Creek. You were talking earlier. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it always is fun. It's very competitive, uh, by the way. They're uh you know, he's gonna have to get another division like a husband and wife, boy and girl team. Uh you know, because um you've got some pretty good uh two man scramble teams showing up. Sixty won it. Sixty. Somebody shot, uh, two guys shot 60, which is 12 under at Shingle Creek. Pretty good score. That's a great score. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. And, um, 
Horse is uh, in good shape. You know, Tuck and O'Neill shot 72. Uh, me and Mike, we shot 68. You know, it's fun. Great golf tournament. Great time. You know, uh, centrally located. Shingle Creek right there off the beach line. So, you know, if you're interested, the next one will be after the uh, PGA. British Open. Uh, yeah, British Open. Exactly. And uh, Hunter's Creek, any updates? Hunter's Creek's good. Uh, they've got the discounted rate going uh, for the cool place to play this summer. You know, they'll give you uh, bottles of water, and uh, they'll give you all kinds of goodies. And uh, you can go to Hunter's Creek and uh, phone the pro shop, and uh, they'll give you the information. So um, we're doing a little wrap-up of the U.S. Open. And Rich B., who was your pick last week? Uh, Bubba. Bubba. (laughs) Bubba out of there early. But I don't think that was uh, a surprise. Do you? Well, you know, uh, obviously, you, you, it's not like uh, Augusta where, you, you know, the fairways are quite larger. These fairways were very small. You know what? In the, in, in the coverage, which I thought was pretty good, was uh, a couple of times I, I, they had a couple of shots of the greens where it looked almost like the British Open, some of those, uh, you know, shots. You know, the greens were kind of baked out and uh, you look kind of rolly. Uh, you know, it looked a little bit like, uh, you know, because it is on a sand dune. This is on the east side of a sand dune there uh, next to the Pacific Ocean. So, And it's out along the fault. So you have, as we talked about last week, these reverse cambers as they talk about it in yeah. architecture terms. And, you know, but on Saturday they, they were talking about how the, the greens were rolling a little bit slower. Yeah, did I don't they, get that. Why would they do did, that? Did they water them down because they were fear, fearing they were maybe going to bake out if, they, if the weather stayed the way it was? That was not uh, that was not fair because uh, you can't change it during the course of uh, the tournament. You know it should be conditions should remain the same throughout the week. Anyway, uh, you know I thought I thought was interesting. You know it's kind of a kooky golf course because of the reverse cambers and uh, the small fairways. Uh, you know when you have those kind of conditions where the ball can run out and run off and just you know uh, you know you should be a little more generous with the fairways. But if you want to keep everybody shooting par, that's how you do it. Well, we had some other great stories um, and, and some people we were not talking about last week, Rich B., that ended up um, on the top ten in the leaderboard. Michael Thompson, great showing, second place. Uh, David Toms, uh, another good tournament, good showing here in the major. John Peterson. Now, we had a family pool on Sunday, Rich B., um, kind of a fun format, a double blind draw. So we drew a name and then we put 16 names in the in the hat, and we had a winner take all, and then you had a team, you had a foursome, and a team low score. Um, John Peterson, I had to look this guy up when I got him. <laughs> I'm like, who the heck is he? He was a thrower. I couldn't find him anywhere. He was and on the leaderboard though. That's he was on I, the leaderboard, yeah. 851st in the world rankings or something. I don't know, but there he is, you know, with a chance to win the U.S. Open. And, um, of course, the, I think, real sentimental story was the amateur, um, uh, Bo Hustler. Bo Hustler doing so well. But unfortunately, not the low amateur, um, as, uh, Jordan Spaeth, a really, really great player from, uh, Texas, the Texas Longhorns, um, actually taking those honors. So it was fun to see the mix of players and, and how the drama unfolded. comes with, uh, an invitation to the Masters. The uh, the top amateur finisher gets an invite to play at the Masters, and uh, that's always um, 
that's always a, a thrill. You get to stay in the crow's nest up there in the, uh, on the property at the Masters. But, uh, hey, listen, when you're competing at that level, uh, you know, these guys aren't far off from being professional. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break as uh, we're waiting to um, hear from Jeff Shane from the Orlando, Orlando Sentinel. Stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 1080 ESPN. We'll be right back. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Windsor Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release and impact and increase your distance with the full release reverse grip from Field Golf. The full release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player-like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it, and you will too. The full release sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers or buy online now at fieldgolf.net. That's fieldgolf.net. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. Are you happy with your website? Do you need new business cards, brochures, or promotional materials? Then you need GMSImage.com. GMSImage.com provides creative marketing concepts and dynamic graphic design. GMSImage.com is quick and responsive and will deliver your project on time and within your budget. Visit GMSImage.com. 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 321-303-9684. 321-303-9684. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so leading me. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. We're back, the Golf Insiders right. taking you home on the fairways of I-4, right talking U.S. Open, big victory for Webb Simpson and Rich B. Two are moving on to the Travelers. Up in Connecticut. Lovely, lovely Cromwell, Connecticut. Oh, it's very nice up there. And New England's uh, beautiful this time of year. You know, uh, there's a few months there where New England is not quite so nice. But this time of year, it's awesome up there. 
going to be a little warm. Uh, uh, they're expecting a little heat wave coming that way. Well, as we were talking to Todd Lewis earlier, uh, the Traveler's a very popular tournament and surprisingly has a pretty good field for the week after the U.S. Open. And um, I'm very happy to have a new golf insider with us this evening, a longtime friend of mine who has covered uh, the tour for Gosh, I, I don't I don't want to call him out for being this old. He was a prodigy, I think. I think he started covering when he was 10 years old. But his first <laughs> first PGA Tour event in Connecticut was in 1971. He's one of the best in our business, has covered 30 Masters and I don't know how many U.S. Opens. And it's a pleasure to have a, my good friend Bruce Burlett on the line with us to uh, first give us his comments on the U.S. Open finish and then... Uh, talk about what's going to happen at the Travelers this week. Hey, Bruce. Oh, this is a blast from the past. I know. How are you, my friend? It was so good to see you at Bay Hill. Yeah, and uh, you, it, it was a lot cooler at Bay Hill than it is here. That's the, what the, I... The heat, the, the heat index was only 100 to 104 today, so I thought I was... Uh, we're coming down to... I'm, I'm coming down to Orlando in uh, early July, and I'm getting warmed up for that... Uh, for that week in, uh, in, in Orlando, this is, it was just brutal today. So, yeah, um, no doubt. Uh, you're, you're roasting chestnuts, but it's the wrong season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you want to, not too many folks for, they actually had a pretty good turnout for, for a day like this, because uh, they did have some decent, um, some decent uh, celebrities today. In fact, uh, when I left the course, uh, just getting home now, the uh, Bill Murray of all people's team was leading the program. Bill Murray, how about that? Yeah, yeah, he, he um, this used to be one of the great celebrity stops for Sammy Davis Jr., and they had, uh, in fact, I was writing, you were wondering how old I am. This is actually my 41st tournament. So the tournament's, the tournament's uh, celebrating its 60th birthday, and I'm, I'm heading into my fifth decade. Wow, the so, 60th, uh, that's, that yeah, is a milestone. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, they've had a lot of, you know, they had great winners with Arnold Palmer and Lee Trevino and Greg Norman and uh, all kinds of Hall of Famers. And, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, this year they actually have something they've never had, and that's um, the last three major championship winners who are all happen to be Americans. Uh, Egan Bradley, uh, Bubba Watson, and uh, Webb Simpson are all um, are all here, and uh, they're actually paired. They're actually paired together for the first two days, which is kind of cool. Featured pairing, uh, love it. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. They kind of. I guess since Golf Channel came in, they try to give them one or two premier pairings each each day that'll finish on the back nine in the afternoon, and uh, you can't get much better than that. I mean, you know, it's not Phil and Tiger and Bubba, but it's uh, you know, it's the last three major champions, and uh, they've never had that here. Uh, the last three guys, and then to pair them together uh, makes it really nice, and hopefully it'll cool off a little bit tomorrow. Although it's supposed to be pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty tough tomorrow. Yeah, I, as I was saying, you've you've really got a pretty interesting field, given that it is the week after the after the U.S. Open, uh, and we were saying that some of these guys coming from uh, San Francisco to uh, the heat and humidity of Connecticut may uh, find themselves uh, feeling like they're uh, playing in the fog and, and not the San Francisco fog. But uh, the, the list here is, is, is pretty good. I mean, we got Matt Kuchar in the field and Zach Johnson. And um, interesting, Padre Harrington's having a good showing in, in the Open on Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, one thing that Travelers has done since they came on board is they offer free charter flights 
three. Uh, I, I think each person is allowed two and possibly three if it's, if it's possible. Um, so, I mean, they had, they had 30 players and a party of 80 that, that took off from San Francisco Monday morning and was in Hartford by 4.20 in the afternoon. So that's obviously a huge, a huge bonus and helps, and, and they have got a lot of uh, foreign players. In fact, they have another neat group of three former British Open guys, Padraig Harrington, Us Hazen, and Justin Leonard which I thought was pretty good until I saw Papa with uh, Simpson and uh, and Keegan Bradley. So, um, hey, and Kuchar's playing, I think, with Hunter Mahan. And uh, 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 I, forget, I forget who the other was, but that's another premier pairing. So, yeah, they've been very uh, – Travelers have sunk a lot of money into the tournament. Uh, in fact, uh, not too often you see the tum- number two guy in a company out recruiting players, but he goes to – uh, Andy Bissett goes to four or five events a year, and then he goes to the Deutsche Bank up in Boston in the fall, and then he goes to the Tour Championship in Atlanta. So, um, you know, like I said, for a number two guy in a company to be out actually smoozing on the on the range with players is uh, quite unusual. And it's this is one of the most fan friendly stopping points on tour during the year I, i've heard it uh, rivals uh you know phoenix in that perspective yeah well it used to be um yeah i think phoenix is kind of in a land of its own now but um they've um they do get uh, probably the second largest crowds anywhere but phoenix and um that little wall there for a few years um when they weren't getting the kind of players they were hoping to but again um when travelers came aboard and they uh and they uh, went out and they recruited a lot more, and they offered a lot more amenities, and um, uh, that you know it really helps. I mean, it, you know, there's six million, seven million dollar tournaments every week for these guys to play, and and when you well, when you offer things like free charters for their families and their wives, and I know the caddies get their own little caddy shack with widescreen TVs and and uh, all kinds of food, and you know sometimes the caddies used to be. Like outcasts, but now they're um, you know it's part of the deal that you know maybe maybe treating a couple caddies nice might might get uh, might get a couple players to come. So they've really uh, they've really done all the, all the possible because as you kind of inferred, it's tough the week after a major championship and um, uh, to get somebody to come. You know, I know Phil Mickelson used to be here a lot, but now that they're the week after, he, I mean, he told me when I saw you at Bay Hill that it's just doesn't fit schedule-wise, um, whereas you have somebody, this Andy Bissett, was, I, I asked him, geez, why do you think you're getting all the the foreign guys now? And uh, he said, well, you know, you never know. I was walking the range at the players, and I saw Hazen and I said, Jesus, uh, Louie, when are you coming? He goes, uh, how about this year? <laughs> and Andy went, what? And, uh, yeah, he just decided on the spur of the moment that, you know, here's the guy walking the range. Uh, I'll come to Hartford on my way home from uh, San Francisco. That's great so stuff. Yeah. So sometimes you just never know how it's going to work. There's no no exact science to all this. So uh, well, my, yeah, you're right, Dave. My sidekick here, Rich B, is holding up a sign saying he'll be happy to play in the pro-am. Send the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah Bruce. It, is, uh, it is a nice park, I can tell you that. Bruce, i got a question for you. This is a CVS Caremark Charity Classic up there in uh, Rhode Island. Right, Monday Tuesday. Yeah, this is kind of uh, under the radar. Uh, was it a two-man uh, uh, best ball deal? Well, actually, now it's two-person. In fact, uh, first time ever yesterday, Morgan Purcell won with uh, Jay Haas, so it was pretty good. The uh, the Champions Tour and the LPGA Tour 
kind of kick butt and beat the PGA Tour guys. Uh, That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, the, they had the Vagdanica Sorensen name kind of retirement flight, and I think Julie Inkster was there, and Pressel, I saw one with Jay Hodge. So, um, yeah, but Brad and Billy's done this for about 10 years. They're great guys. And uh, Brad won here. Um, um, he's he's actually played in the field. They give him a sponsor's exemption because he's done so much. Uh, his, his, in fact, his um, architectural company built the uh, range for the first tee facility that they have at Hartford, which, by the way, is the best in the world. I know that may sound like presumptuous, but it's the only one in the world where they have actually the practice range putting green, four short course holes, and a learning center all in the same place. Uh, it's really it's a phenomenal thing, and uh, they raised $2 million to build the learning center, which is going to be open in the fall. And uh, uh, Brad, Brad's company built the little four-hole course and helped, you know, on the design of the uh, – on the design of the range, because uh, Hartford probably had the worst range in the history of professional golf. Uh, it went from the worst range to one of the best anywhere. And like I said, this um, Louis Barrow from First Tee told me that there is no complex like this anywhere in the world. So it's great for the local kids uh, to be able to do that. Uh, great, um, yeah, just one of the great guys in golf, Brad Faxon. And oh, yeah. um, winner of a Golf Writers Award this year, wasn't he? Uh, I think he was for the, was it the Bill Murray Award, or not Bill Murray, the, uh... Jim Murray. Uh, Jim Murray Award for, for cooperation with the media. You won't find too many guys more cooperative than him, and, and Billy, too. I mean, they're, they're both very good representatives up here, and they, like I said, they started this tournament, I think, about ten years ago, and CVS is being gung-ho, and, and, and they try to have it either the week, the weekend before, or just the, right after the Hartford tournament. Because it's nice and convenient, and that helps again draw some draw some players. Because um, the players love to go go to Rhode Island. It's a Rhode Island Country Club, which is a nice little friendly course, um, and um, make a lot of birdies. and uh, And then you can be down the shore for a couple of days, and then it's about a two hour drive to Hartford. So uh, I think Zach Johnson and uh, Kuchar was there, and um, so they've had all kinds of players. Uh, Billy brought in Arnold Palmer, you know, because he went to Wake Forest. So they brought in Arnold a couple of times, and um, it's, it's it's really a great. I mean, players they they got a waiting list to try and play in the thing, cause, and then with the like I said, they brought in the the Gals started playing a few years ago, which was great, and uh, you know that's another little perk for the tournament too. And so, uh, um, then I just happened to see the Jay Haas and um, and uh, Morgan won the tournament, so it's it kind of cool. The first time a Gal got uh, got a part, a piece of the action. We're talking to Bruce Burlett. Long-time golf writer for the Hartford Current and uh, been covering golf for, okay, you said it, almost 40 years, right, Bruce? Uh, yeah, I started in 1970, and um, I covered the tournament here since 71. I don't know how I missed that first year, but, um, <laughs> and, you know, I've seen a lot of changes and a lot of name changes, and, um, you know, the JC started out with a little fundraiser and uh, with $15,000 purse, and, and now they're up to $6 million, and and made, I think it's $30, $40 million. So uh, it's obviously worked out great. They've gone through a lot of uh, sponsors and all that type of thing. But, uh, again, with travelers in here, it, um, it's 
really uh, it's really worked out great for them. Um, tell us just briefly about the uh, it's the TPC River Highlands, um, a, a short course compared to what they've been dealing with out at Olympic, but some some interesting drama. They've got an interesting uh, three hole series, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. That fifteenth hole, a par four that's drivable. Yes. Yep. Yeah, actually, actually, it starts on 13. It's a par five with water off the tee, out of bounds left, railroad tracks left, and water in front of the green. So, you hit two good shots, you get a chance for an eagle. You hit a couple bad shots, you make seven. So, um, it's uh, it's uh, as, as Mickelson has oh, as Mickelson has said many, uh, many times, it's a um, it's a great risk reward finish uh, for the tournament. And uh, you're yeah, right. And then 15 is about. 290 to 300, depending on where they put the tee. And, and a lot of guys don't even hit driver. Like Bubba today said, uh, I, I hit a four-wood and, you know, knocked it on the green. But, again, there's water all down the left side. So if you uh, if you miss hit uh, if you miss hit a drive, um, you know, you can make five or six. You can drive it on the green and make two, or you can um, – so between 13 and 15, and then 17 has water all the way down the right-hand side. It's only like – 420 or 430, but there's bunkers in the left fairway area and water all down the right, and then if you hit in the bunkers or in the rough, and then you got to go to the water the second time on the approach. So again, uh, it's not that long a hole, but you could easily make five, six, seven if you dump a couple in the water. And one day Trevino knocked two in the water and made seven and came out with the infamous line, I've seen better holes in a cemetery. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, only, as only Torino could go, so uh, that's what he thought of that hole. Well, it um, makes for great TV and an, another so, tournament that could have some great drama uh, coming so. coming down the stretch on Sunday. Before we let you go, Bruce, we appreciate having you on the show. Uh, just you know, how did the your thoughts on how things turned out at the U.S. Open on Sunday? You've certainly covered many of them, and uh, again, we had kind of an unpredictable finish. Well, obviously it was a grinder. I mean, uh, I've been to Olympic a couple times, and and uh, in fact, I was fortunate enough to play it a couple times. One day after the uh, Open, and then one year they had the Tour Championship there, and I happened to be in the area, and I got invited to play the media day for the Tour Championship. But it's a brutal place, uh, uh, and then a lot of it is the fact that you know you got um, fairways that kind of go the wrong way. Uh, in other words, you know, it's a right to left hold and, and, a, and a fairway normally would go right to left, but it goes left to right. And so you really have to work the ball on those first six holes. I mean, they're right. I mean, there's no, I think there's war in one hole, but the first six holes are, I would not, other than Carnoustie, I played Carnoustie a couple times and the last four holes of Carnoustie are the hardest four holes I've probably ever played. But for the first six, and again, you, I mean, if you start on the first hole, it's, I mean, you could be three or four over easy and you're kind of depressed. Um, so it, it, it was tough and, um, but you know, Simpson, you know, made a terrific up and down there on the last hole. And, um, then to his credit, he, um, he, he came, you know, a lot of people were wondering, oh, what's he going to do? He's worn out and all that stuff. But he said, no way. There's, I, I didn't even think about not coming. He had to leave his wife home because, um, the last week was the last week the doctor were allowed to travel because she's due in July. In fact, he, he's going to withdraw from the British Open. Because he wants to be around for the birth of the second. I suspected child. that. Yeah. So, uh, but but no. I mean, he said I had no thoughts. Plus the fact that uh, the second tournament he ever played after he graduated from Wake Forest was um, was um, the Travelers. They gave him a sponsor's exemption, so he was prof- 
Houston is thanks to uh, Andy Bissett and this Jay Fishman, who's the big wig at Travelers. And he said, there was, you know, I didn't think about not coming, which is, you know, to his credit, Lucas Glover came a couple of years ago. Uh, I remember Ian Baker Finch came back after he won the British, and he actually brought the Claret Jug. I was walking across the parking lot. Here comes Ian Baker Finch with the Claret Jug walking across the parking lot in Cromwell, Connecticut. I said, Classic. This is. And, um, and he was nice enough. He put it under a piece of glass, and they had a couple security guys, and and um, they let all the fans see the Clara Jug, which, you know, they normally would never get a chance to do that. But he was a great guy, too. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, you hope the guys do the right thing, and in most cases they, they're, they're doing the right thing. So before we let you go, who's your pick to uh, be holding up the trophy on Sunday? Well, uh, Hunter Mahan's won more than anybody else here, so I – I haven't seen him this week, and he's, he's probably a little worn out from the Open, but uh, I'm worried about him playing in the heat today. But um, I always have to go with Hunter because he's, he's usually in there somewhere, although I would like to – got to tell you this, Michael Thompson was a terrific guy to talk to yesterday, and um, I'd like to see him come after as well as he played last week. Well, Hunter won in 2007, was runner-up in 08 and 09, and he's certainly having um, his best season on tour, so I think you probably got a, a pretty good pick there. Bruce, it's so great to have you on the show. Appreciate it. We may call you back again here, even if we're not talking Any- about Connecticut golf. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Anytime. Maybe we'll see you in July. Absolutely. Sounds great. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Bruce Burlett from the Hartford Current and uh, just one of the best in our business covering golf for 40 years, Rich B. That is that is a uh, milestone. That's a lot of golf coverage. And speaking of a lot of golf coverage, the the, the open coverage, I mean, what are they doing, six, seven hours a, a day? Prime time. Was that not the best? Yeah, that's, that's good for golf. That's, that is a lot of golf Big time. Coverage. Big time good for golf. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to be wrapping it up, and then we're – we got a few minutes with Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel coming up. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Winter Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release and impact and increase your distance with the full-release reverse grip from Field Golf. The full-release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player-like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it, and you will too. The full-release, sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers, or buy online now at FieldGolf.net. That's FieldGolf.net. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up another hour of Intelligent Golf Talk, U.S. Open, wrap-up, and... We had a little glitch earlier, but we got him just for a few minutes because we always have to talk to our main man from the Orlando Sentinel, the Sentinel. our favorite, Jeff Shane. 
back from Olympic. Hey, Jeff. How are you? We're good. We're good. Sorry uh, for our little glitch earlier, but uh, did want to check in with you. And uh, I mean, I know you were out there covering this thing, and my gosh, the way it unfolded, it, it just, uh, thank goodness for the Internet so that you can just keep writing stories. <laughs> it was just churn one story after another for about a three-hour period uh, to either to update the web or to, or to hit the newspaper deadlines. And, uh, uh, you know, it turned out just like your typical Olympic Open where uh, the guy who won wasn't the guy you expected to win two hours earlier. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, we've only got a couple of minutes, Jeff, but what to, what to you is the biggest um, surprise? I mean, the way this thing unfolded, and um, we really haven't talked a lot about Graham. I thought maybe he'd sink that putt and force a playoff. I was kind of glad to actually see somebody win it, however, and we can't take that away from Webb Simpson, even though, um, you know, there was a bit of a collapse in the last couple of groups. Yeah, the, the, I think that uh, it was good for Webb Simpson to play a couple of groups earlier because when you, when you look back at the timeline of it, Webb Simpson never grabbed the U.S. Open lead until he had completed 72 holes. It was actually... Uh, uh, him just kind of being in the clubhouse and not moving, uh, and, and, uh, Graham McDowell and, and Jim Furyk and Ernie Ells making mistakes, uh, as it went. Good for, good for Webb Simpson, but I think it shows the pressure that you get in the last couple groups of the U.S. Open. And, uh, the golf course certainly did not disappoint. Did you win the lottery and get to play in the media day? I did not. I, uh, I had some work to do on Monday and I also had to, uh, uh, my my crew lives in L.A., and so uh, I was trying to get out and spend uh, some time with him. Well, good deal. Well, Jeff, thanks so much. Sorry we had to cut it short, um, but we will be back with you next week and appreciate all the great coverage uh, you give us in the Orlando Sentinel, and we'll be uh, talking to you next week from the Travelers. We will do that, thanks. absolutely. Thanks so much. Rich B., we got to run. Thanks to... Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, Bruce Burlett from the Hartford Current, and uh, thanks to all our fans for listening. We'll be back next week.